Pod, the Pokemon TCG podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. I'm flipped on the other side. I moved <laughs> to a different state. Everything is different. The office is different. The camera angle is different for anybody watching on uh, YouTube or even the Spotify video now. Did that if, work? If you're watching through there, I actually don't know. I just remembered about it. I need to go <laughs> check after this recording. Yeah, if y'all are listening on Spotify and you saw the video as an option and just tweeted us say like it worked or that was absolutely trash don't do that again it's i know spotify is in like a lot of hot water oh right now yes. um, which i mean but our platform goes on there and and i mean we don't make a single dollar or anything I mean, like that but uh, well actually i do want to shout out somebody did we have a thing on spotify with anchor actually that you can become a sponsor of the podcast for like a dollar and someone i will pull this person up because i do want to shout them yeah, out we gotta we gotta shout them out by name this yes. is like patreon you know yes. we gotta we gotta shout out the users it's like uh i think it's like a monthly thing um mm -hmm. and sebastian nunez i don't know if you want me to call you out but i'm doing it and i'm sorry if you didn't but <laughs> you, you you are a monthly supporter and we do appreciate that and so much yeah i mean I like officially know that sean has been pocketing all the no, money and it, hiding it from me yeah. this one just this one just happened jake but i will say if mm -hmm. you do love the podcast and and uh you do want to support in some way we don't have a patreon we do any, don't do any of that if you're looking for a place to support us you know through spotify and anchor there is a, a thing so there's a thing I don't know how much money we need to make and actually in order to actually withdraw it because a lot yeah, of these platforms have minimums, but eventually uh, Jake and I can go get coffee. <laughs> that would, I mean, if I could fly out to New York and go get coffee with Sean because of the oh, that supporters, would be. that or, would be or maybe something Jake. incredible. But Sean, we got a <laughs> lot to talk about today. Now that we are back in full circle, the dynamic duo is back together including some big news about future sets coming out some new cards that have been that have been revealed say that five mm -hmm. times fast and then also some new policies that have been introduced that i actually found intriguing but as always sean we need to do the five star review we talked about our lovely supporter new supporter financially supporting us on anchor and so we got to talk about the five star reviews get back to that mm -hmm. over on apple we've got Razmail left it on the new year five stars awesome awesome podcast 75 ratings now sean oh dang okay okay 75 ratings we have 25 more until 100 on apple Podcasts. so there's a if you need something to do for five minutes, you want to leave us a review, whether it's one star, five stars, <laughs> just let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we could do better. Maybe some ideas of things to talk about. But let's get to this awesome podcast review from Razmail real quick. Recently found my old Pokemon things and got back into them. This is an awesome podcast for anyone who likes anything Pokemon. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Razmel, for the wonderful thing. I, I mean, this is the cool thing about the podcast, too, because like we cover, you know, not only like the the, the competitive side, but mm -hmm. we also cover like the collective side, you know, cards that are coming out, boxes that are coming out. Um, just talk about the different arts of the Pokemon cards, you know, like mechanics, things like that, like all yeah. these different things. Yeah. And we've got some new mechanics to talk about, too, today. Oh, we so. do. We got some good stuff. I'm so excited to talk about some of these things. 
on this podcast. Let's jump into Astral Radiance. Okay. If you have not heard about that. Now, TBCI recently announced this Astral Radiance is going to be the next English TCG set after Brilliant Star. So, I mean, can we really call it next TCG set if Brilliant Star is not out yet? I mean, that's a very good, yeah, the next English TCG set. I'm like, wait, 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 Brilliant Stars is like, hey, wait a minute. We, like, we're <laughs> in the point right now where Fusion Strike is, like, old now. Like, we're oh, just yeah. waiting. This is the waiting room now for Brilliant Star. Well, but And all the creator, I will say, too, all the content creators, like, I, like almost all the videos I'm seeing are basically Brilliant Stars videos. Like, and we're still, how many weeks out from Brilliant Stars? Like, is it still, like, three? two or three weeks? Yeah, it's a while. I think it's, like, three so like i feel like brilliant stars is actually going to launch and everybody's already going to be tired of brilliant of brilliant star february 25th is the release of brilliant okay. star so pretty much like pretty much like three and a half weeks yeah i would say but if you have not seen oh this is from pokebeach.com Astral Radiance is the next TCG set after Brilliant Star. Pre-releases are taking place on May 14th through May 22nd. We don't know if it's actually going to be in person. It might be one of those things, again, like where your store just gets sent them and they can either sell it, they can hold the like little tournaments if they want, you know, it, just giving, you know, uh, flexibility. I will say to the stores based on how they do. The set is going to feature Japan sets Time Gazer and Space Juggler, which Dial Gun Palkia, if you do not know, Legends Arceus, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. Those are the hot games right now. Mm -hmm. Pokemon, in terms of their trading card game, are moving away from the Sword and Shield era and moving back to this like new Diamond and Pearl era stuff. So, uh, I mean, a lot of things that we're going to talk about today our diamond and pearl era thing so we're really getting in the move on on that now especially with starbirth or i'm sorry brilliant star right around the corner there's so many just different trading card game sets <laughs> that we're talking about right now sean yeah so i mean i do think it's interesting because they are moving back to brilliant to like to diamond and pearl but they're also moving forward because uh i will not spoil anything i have not played the new game but apparently um there will be I play the new games either, Sean. So you're okay. trying on hot water right okay. now. Okay. All I'm saying is, they it, the new sets will be more, I think, in line with the with Legends Arceus in terms of the Pokemon that we will see in the card game. That's all I will say. So do not read mm -hmm. too far into the article, Jake, if you don't want. Stop, yeah. If stop you, there. I mean, if you're looking, if you're looking on uh, uh, YouTube or whatever, just don't look under that picture of Dialga and Palkia. Just just hide you know don't yep. don't look there but um i've been hearing have you like seen any gameplay about the game we could talk about the game real quick have you seen I, anything about that game i am I, my twitter must be like the magical no spoilers twitter i know nothing i know nothing all i know is people seem to like it and a lot of people are saying that like the story mode um mm. i think a big like downside for a lot of the pokemon games recently and i'll include sword and shield because i did play through the majority of sword and shield um is like yeah you kind of just you're playing through the game and it feels like going through the motions and you know for a lot of players especially like you play to get to the end to then actually get to like vgc type stuff right uh or go dynamax hunting all of that but like with this game it feels like playing through the story is the the thing that everyone is enjoying 
So I think that's a, a, a breath of fresh air, and it seems it seems as though if this is the direction Pokemon takes the rest of their franchise moving forward, that uh, people seem to seem to be enjoying it. I've seen a lot of like this is easily the best Pokemon game that we've ever seen. Um, I still this is I haven't played it yet, just for preface. But I do know that this game has been hyped up to all ends since the very, very beginning. You know, we're probably still in the super honeymoon phase. I'm so happy that people are enjoying the game, though. And they're not saying, like, the trees are super bad, just <laughs> like they did in Sword and Shield and just, like, screaming about every little thing. I've only seen good things about the game. I don't know, like, spoilers and stuff, but I've seen screenshots, some videos of people, like, finding shiny Pokemon left and right and just having like a great time playing the game which is like really all that i want and i can't wait to play and i think they're doing some cool things in the card game too as well including uh-huh sean a mini set yes. coming out in may 2022 so we just talked about um we just talked about astral radiance coming out on may 27th that is a main set that is a main big thing just like brilliant star just like fusion strike you know those kinds of sets that happen scheduled every couple months throughout the year this is an enhanced set this is a special set that is coming and just before we go any further if you're reading this on pokey guardian you know there's a lot of unconfirmed news and information is tentative subject to change things like that things i mean things could change on a dime you know but we're finding out that there are new products releasing in the middle of may specifically may 13th sword and shield expansion pack um dark fanta uh hold on i think i've got something screwed up sean <laughs> well this may be a japanese set dark fantasma yes, may be the I, japanese I should have led name. with that yeah, I should have led with that. I think Japan is getting a new set called Dark Phantasma mm -hmm. on May 13th, 2022. Yeah, we've got de we've got some details about what it's going to be. You know, the set size is going to be 71 regular cards and, you know, secret rare cards. We usually find that out later. So we'll get those details in the future. Booster boxes in Japan getting 20 packs, six cards in one pack that type of thing i would assume this will be like legendary heartbeat um mm. the set in japan that introduced like amazing rares um if you remember that was a kind of an enhanced set that wasn't like a regularly scheduled set i believe interesting uh yeah i don't know i mean i will say though like the for me the interesting thing is that mewtwo v is like there's pack art for it there's promotional art not pack art there's promotional art essentially for Mewtwo V and I'll be interested to see what they do because they've given Mew V you know I think I've said this on the pod before but like we are very much in a remix era of the Pokemon TCG like everything is something from before with a twist and so like yeah Mew V and V Max is kind of a copy of one of the older Mew cards is it Mew Prime or Mew I, I don't know the exact Mew level X maybe um, I'm I'm blanking on I, which one it is too. There's, there's an old Mew that lets you copy the attacks of things on your bench. Eh, same it's thing. A little ba it's a little like baby yeah. one um, that people use in expanded all the time. And so I wonder then, 
you know, if you think about that, what would Mewtwo V copy? I don't really know the old cards well enough to know. Maybe it's like a Mewtwo EX sort of, because I know that was a big one, or Mewtwo Level X. Mm-hmm. Um, some sort of a spiritual successor to that, because I do think the ability to copy other attacks, they did that with Mewtwo and Mew tag team. So I actually don't expect to see that again. Um, but yeah, it, th- that'll be really interesting to me because, um, you know, what we're seeing as far as all the V-Stars, especially like a Mewtwo V-Star, I think is to be expected. And from what we're hearing, the Mew, the, all the V-Star cards seem to be, to have the potential to really change how the game is played. They pretty much, a lot of them seem to have some sort of like playable viability. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one that comes to my mind that's not super playable is like Shaman and Glaceon. Mm-hmm. Those are like the only ones that I've seen so far that are like kind of not really. Um, but like Leafeon has the gusting effect. We've talked about Arceus before. Mm-hmm. You know, you heard on, you heard from Zach Lesage like different things. And we've talked about different things about several of the v-star cards as well mewtwo i will say if it gets a v-star where i mean again we're going to assume that mewtwo is going to get a v-star this is complete speculation i feel like the v-star attack or the like the v-star power is going to be a copy attack oh like of some sort it could be, yeah. It could be copy any one of your opponents. Attacks. I think it could be. I think because it's a V Star power, because Mew has like copy, yeah, you know your stuff, and obviously with the V Star power, it needs to be powerful, right? Because it's a one time per game. I think it could be something like Mewtwo V Star can copy any move on the board. Mm. Yeah, I and, think that would be really interesting. And you don't have to meet the energy requirements, probably. Like that would yeah, be you just need like double colorless or something like yeah. that. Um, I do. Yeah, you have to evolve, so it's like it's not like a one-turn thing like Mewtwo and Mew GX, mm-hmm. right? Where it's a big basic. You know, you have to spend time like building it up. You know, it's not a surprise that you can put it on the board immediately um, and change the game. So, I think it. I mean, I think it'd be really cool as well if it was like any Pokemon V. Because, like, V-Star is a extension of V. So, like, well, but if it's a V-Star power, I think it should be any move on the board. I, I mean, potentially. Mm. I, it'll be interesting because they have, they have made a lot of the moves, though. Like, all the different V-Max powers. Contingency moves. Like, Eternatus and Mew, you're doing damage based on what you have on your bench. So, if it were to copy it but you don't have fusion strike Pokemon on your bench, then what does it matter? Same thing yeah. with like, you know, um, you know, if you were to copy a non V attack, right. That is like a tool drop whimsicott, right? Like if you don't have tools, it doesn't matter. So it does feel like while I like the idea of copying attacks, I think they would only, that would only work if the other V star, um, if the other V stars that are expected to be played have attacks that are not contingency attacks. Mm-hmm. So uh, that to me is like the only thing of like, oh, it's a tough one because there's it's not just big attacks, right? That's not what the format is right now. I will say, though, there are some other things as well. We talked about May 13th having the expansion Dark Phantasma. June 2022, 
it is being uh rumored i guess right now or um built from the trademark article that was posted a while ago i think we covered that just very briefly in june 2022 there is an unnamed mini set tba on the details that are coming out in japan and then june 17th a special set has six packs of the unnamed mini set card box display frame deck box coin and a hollow mewtwo v so i mean that seems like a really cool like st that right there you know six packs of the unnamed mini set you get a card box display frame deck box coin and a mewtwo v that sounds pretty cool like for competitive purposes yeah i would say i mean you're gonna get a deck box you're gonna get a coin you know you're gonna get some packs out of it again i i do i do wonder though if, if this is all just a japanese this may just all just be yeah, Japanese. I think yeah, this is. It's all going to be in Japan. I think yeah. it's all going to be in Japan. And I will say what typically happens is none of those products come to America. Like, you know, the deck boxes, the cool sleeves, like we've seen it, like the Nessa box you have, right? Mm -hmm. Like that just, it just doesn't make it over here. Like you might get the, the promo card on the inside will come over at some point in some fashion. But, uh, but if you are a collector of Japanese uh, things, that, that, that'll be very exciting. It's very, very cool. There's a lot of, like, cool... I'm, like, looking a lot at sleeves right now, too, because um, I I have a binder of full art supporters, and so I use, like, cool sleeves that I have, and I've eclipsed... Uh, well, I should say I'm at, like, 118 supporters, mm -hmm. and so sleeves are packs of, like, 60. Um, so I'm almost through two of them, and so I got a plan on what my next set of sleeves are. I'm a little bit stressed out about it because do I want to deviate <laughs> from Nessa or do I want to like stick with the stick with the guns, like keep with Nessa? I don't know, Sean. I don't know. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Well, uh, Jake, a lot of today is just going to be like news, news articles broadly. Mm -hmm. But speaking of new cards, do we want to keep going and talk about battle legion which is another japanese set that's coming out let's do it so <laughs> okay. another one to write on your list i know we're throwing set names left and right over at you but battle legion has been officially revealed out in japan and is going to be set s9a it's uh we discovered the trademark a while ago information about it first came out in october the set is going to release in japan on february 25th so the same day as brilliant star in the rest of the world so when we get brilliant star japan is going to get this new set called battle legion it's going to feature 67 cards before the secret rare but introducing a new mechanic of pokemon card sean it is going to be called sparkling pokemon now if you hear sparkling pokemon maybe you're a fan of the video games and maybe you watch some twitch streams you may think oh my gosh is that shiny you are correct these are shiny pokemon so we've seen in the past sean you know shining gen genesect from uh, uh what was that said shining legends yep. we've seen hidden fates yeah i What's mean the well, recent one that we had well well so actually this is a difference we had we have shiny pokemon and we have mm -hmm. shining with a g pokemon right yes so they all feature artwork of shiny versions of the pokemon 
But like, yeah, we have Hidden Fates. We have uh, not Champion. Well, I guess there might have been some in Champions Path, but Shining Fates, Shining Legends, all of that. But most of the more recent sets just have Shiny, and mm -hmm. those don't have any restrictions. But this new card type is really interesting. They actually are more of a throwback to the Shining version of Pokemon, where you can only have one of them in a deck. Um, the other similar mechanics would be like Ace Specs or... Um, Prism Star. Yes, Prism Stars. Yes, exactly. So these are like you can only have one in your deck type Pokemon, which um, I do like. I like that. I like them bringing back this mechanic because I think most people will fondly remember Prism Star Pokemon because so many of them, not all of them, but there was a, a number of them, Prism Star cards in general, that were just really interesting. Let's... Let's backtrack a little bit. So with the Prism Stars, you could only have one of that Prism Star yes. card. You could have multiple Prism Stars in your deck. That's true. Like Picaram played Thunder Mountain, which was the Prism Star Stadium, and Tapu Koko Prism Star, which was a basic Pokemon. Um, sparkling Pokemon, it says you can only include one in your deck. They are powerful, basic Pokemon so you can only include one in your deck, unquote. Mm. Um, so I'm actually not 100% sure if just based on like Pokey Beach's wording, which we're getting the article from, or I don't even know if we know this information yet because that's not even out. You know, if this is you can only have one one in your deck, like an A spec, you know, like a computer yeah. search, you can only have one A spec, a dowsing machine, etc. Or if it's like Prism Star, where you can have, you know, a Greninja, a sparkling Greninja, like you see in Pokey Beach's article, and you can have a sparkling Halucha both in your deck if you want to. Uh, I'm not 100% so sure about it. There is a rule box that they have translated. You can't have more than one sparkling Pokemon in your deck. So I do think it's, I guess, more like an A-spec. It would be like an A-spec then, yes. Yeah. Um, because that wording, yeah, it specifically says sparkling Pokemon. If it said sparkling Greninja, you know, that would be more like the Prism Stars that we had back in the Sun and Moon era. But yeah, sparkling Pokemon. Okay, so think of it like computer search. You can only get one. Sean, do we want to talk about sparkling Greninja as a card itself real quick? Yeah, I think both of them are worth a chat. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing I will say, which is interesting, which I think is why they limited these to like one ofs, um, uh, they have given like Greninja and Halucha are both Pokemon that are normally evolutions. Uh, and, Halucha is not. Oh, Halucha is a, normally a basic, but uh, oh, okay. Greninja is Greninja, a stage yes, two. It's a stage two normally, right? So I think it'll be interesting to see if Pokemon, knowing that stage twos and evolutions, especially single prizers, have been typically not very good lately. Um, I'll be interested to see if they start picking out fan favorites that would not normally see play as a single prizer and making them sparkling Pokemon so that like people who are fans of Greninja can actually play a Greninja in their deck. Or I wouldn't be surprised to see a Gengar maybe, right? Like, yeah, I mean, Gengar is, uh, it's not a good shiny Pokemon though. Oh yeah. It might not, it may not look good. That's fair. But like, I feel like these Pokemon need to, I mean, it'll have shine. It'll have sparkling in the text. So like, mm -hmm. 
you know, I mean, that's how you signify. But I think they're going to want Pokemon. Like, if you look at Greninja and you look at Halucha, they have very different, like, colors compared to the, like, regular, you know, versions of those Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be interested to see because um, with the Greninja, it does have a pretty powerful ability. Um, it basically has a strange version of trade, which is once during your turn, you can discard an energy card from your hand to draw two. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if, if you've played in the Zoroark era, if you play Minchino, or is it Chinchino? Chinchino. Chinchino, uh, where you discard a card to draw two. It's a little more restrictive because it has to be energy. But, um, yeah, like I, I think it's an interesting little ability that they've given a fan-favorite Pokemon. So, And then the attack. Jake, do you want to mention the attack as well? So the attack of Greninja Water, Water Colorless is the cost of it. Moonlight Shuriken. Discard two energy from this Pokemon and do 90 damage to two of your opponent's Pokemon. So for three energies, you discard a couple energies and then you do 90 damage to two, which actually, I mean, 90 damage is a good amount. Yes. I will say it's not easy to power up. I mean, you need Frostmoth and we know how Frostmoth decks are these days with Urshifu running around, Jolteon running around. I don't want to say Dragapult, because, like, who's playing Dragapult now besides maybe me? But, I mean, we you are, get the picture. We are getting the new uh, Mew, if you will, right? The new Mew? The Bench Barrier one. We're getting a new Bench Barrier Pokemon. Oh, yeah, Manaphy. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The and then there's the there's the counter but, to that but, as well. So, But that's the problem. Manaphy is good, but Manaphy is also bad for this, <laughs> for this guy. But Well, I mean, it can't be hit by it. On the bench, at least. Well, it can't be hit, but it can't hit people either if your opponent has a Manaphy, right? No, I mean, yeah, that's another thing that's, like, hindering Greninja is what I'm saying. Oh, yes, yes. So I'm being a pessimist right now. (laughs) I mean, I I will agree with you, Jake, that it does, the ability is good and the attack is actually pretty good. Like, you're throwing a basic down with 130 HP. Like, it's not a ton, but it's, like, not so little that you can easily be sniped, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, and then 90 damage to two Pokemon. Like, if you have a deck that can set up a couple of KOs, you get rid of the Manaphy on the board, and then you can just clean up with with one attack, right? Like, I don't know. I mean, think about that Kyogre. Do you remember that Kyogre that came out of um, the the collection set? The what celebrations? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That Andrew Mahone made that where, like, you discard a bunch of cards from your deck, top six or whatever, and how many energies there are is, like, 50 damage to (laughs) two Pokemon or something like that. Like, something... I hated that deck so much. Um, But that's, like, a good setup for that, you know? Like, that can help your math pretty much, so... Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see uh, how this goes. But, Jake, do you want to talk about the Halucha now? Halucha, a 90 HP fighting basic Pokemon, sparkling Halucha, I should say, has an incredible shiny, one of my favorite shiny Pokemon, just a heads up about that. Um, With that Pokemon, it just refreshed. Hold on. Okay. Big matches its ability. If this Pokemon is on your bench, your opponent's 
or, or your Pokemon's attack. So if this Pokemon is on your bench, your Pokemon's attacks do 30 more damage to opponent's active VMAX. Which is cool because VMAX, but it's not V-Star. Just because a, like a Pokemon that's a V-Star is not a VMAX. If this were Pokemon V, be really, really awesome. They've kind of checked that a little bit and just made it VMAX. But I still think VMAXs are impactful enough for this to matter and be like a one of index it does have a retreat cost of one so it's like ah i mean uh, if it yeah. was free retreat because halucha is a flying pokemon that would be insane i feel like people would play it but the attack doesn't really matter fighting colorless spinning kink 50 damage don't worry about it just only think about the ability if the pokemon's on your bench your pokemon's attack do 30 more damage to your opponent's active pokemon v max which i I mean, that could help. I mean, I guess I'm thinking about it, right? It sucks that it doesn't say just Pokemon V. Because mm -hmm. you can only have one of these in your deck. However, if it's not a Pokemon VMAX, most of your Pokemon's attacks, I'm assuming, are going to be able to do almost enough damage to KO everything else. So the only thing that needs a boost is against the yeah. VMAXs. So, I, you know, really, situationally, this card is actually great because, like, if you're playing against a deck that plays VMAXs, cool, you slap it on the board and you're good to go. Uh, if you're playing against a deck that doesn't play VMAXs, cool, you throw it in the trash and you're good to go, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and it only takes up one one space in your deck. So it's actually, I do like it because you can, in one turn, find it out of your deck, throw it onto your bench, and it's basically an extra choice band uh, on top of the new choice band, essentially, that we already are getting. Yeah, I just remembered about the new choice band. I've been so focused on the move that it's been like been a little rough for me. Yeah. You know, trying to remember <laughs> all these things, but I'm hearing that now and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, you could you could do a ton of damage actually just by like just building it up with these little extra things." And you know, we're in a quick shooting meta, so you can get those extra pings in there too from the quick shooting. Yeah, it's I mean, it's sneaky, right? Um because it doesn't have to be it's searchable. I think that mm -hmm. is what makes it so much. Well, I, well, I see why they limited it too, right? Mm -hmm. um, is because it's a searchable plus thirty damage that just sits on your bench for one prize. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do with the rest of the sparkling Pokemon uh, that might come out in the next few sets. Um, I hope they do this longer than Amazing Rares, because yeah. I feel like Amazing Rares were just so short. I think it was only like what two sets that they did amazing yeah games? it was just like it was uh what was it it was vivid voltage mm -hmm. and was, it... was there anything else other than vivid voltage there may have been some in a specialty set that came out like shining fates maybe oh yeah shining fates yeah. did have some i believe yeah i remember yeah because i think kyogre was in that one yeah, that was the one where, like, Vivid Voltage, those are the amazing rares that, like, were, at the time, expensive. And the Shining mm -hmm. Fates ones were, like, you pulled a billion of them if you opened up a bunch of Shining Fates. Yeah, so I I just want this mechanic of, like, these. Because Prism Star was around for, like, a hot minute. It was around for, yeah. like, four sets or something like that. And then... It did it, it did a whole year, yeah. Yeah, it, I just want, like, a full, healthy dose of these cards especially if we're only going to get like especially if we're only going to get a couple every set 
you know, yeah. make make like make them for a little bit longer. <laughs> like, let me have fun with them, do some cool combos with them, and and stuff like that. Give me some options, Sean. Give me a shining Magikarp. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, that would be so cool. They're not gonna do it, but that would be. Cool. I mean, they they made a shiny Magikarp card before, oh. like way way back in the day. Oh, that I know. That's why I'm like, give me the gold, give me the gold fish again. Oh, wasn't it reprinted in celebrations? It was. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, one of the so there's no way that they do it then, because yeah, they already I did it. <laughs> I know. Ugh. Jake, do you want to get? Actually, do you want to to do a little bit more set product news and then finish off with the other news? Let's do it because this kind of runs alongside the Battle Legion and whatnot, except this time we're now getting like American product news, rest of the world product news. So those of you that only collect in English, now is your time to perk up your ears and listen up. Make sure you're paying <laughs> attention. Lucario V-Star, Sean, premium collection box is coming out collection box releasing on april 8th so no it's not april fools it's the week after april fools sean you're gonna get a full art lucario v in this and then also a lucario v star you get an oversized car of the v star you get a pin featuring lucario v star very cool like a specific lucario v star pin not just some random pin that you've seen again and again and again and again and again that I feel like every time I get something with a coin, I'm like, I've seen this coin in like eight different packages. Like, why am I still getting this? You get also an acrylic V-Star marker, which you should probably get if you're going back to competitive play now that uh, Leafeon and Glaceon are out to the public in terms of the V-Stars, yep. you know, especially if you play at Locals right now. So might as well try to get one of those. You'll get six TCG booster packs and then a code card for tcg live the lucario comes from starter set in japan releasing on february 25th with battle legion like we mentioned earlier but sean let's talk about lucario v and v star if you want this for the competitiveness should you buy this or is this just a binder set of cards uh i mean the the lucario v is is uh, it does have an interesting first attack i will give it that actually um, don't discount the ability to discard special energy. We saw back in the day for Eternatus, actually, like situationally, like um, it used the Eveltal that discarded a special energy. And so for two colorless, and now we're getting a double colorless effectively for Vs, you would do 50, maybe less, uh, and then discard a special energy from your opponent's active. So I actually, you know, it's got situational use. The second attack you will almost never use. It's three energy for 120 just a vanilla attack. Eh. But the V-Star is really what we're here for. The main attack, um, 120 plus. If your opponent's active Pokemon is a Pokemon V, it does 120 more. So 240 for three energy. Um, the nice thing about that is two of the energy is colorless, double colorless. And so, we just mentioned that the first attack, you know, the V Crush Punch, the one that discards the special energy, does yeah. cost two colorless. And you mentioned the... The, uh, the double colorless energy, even though it negates a little bit of damage, 20 damage, I believe, yep. on your Pokemon. I mean, we've mentioned Choice Band earlier, adding damage. So I think you would just do plus 10. Uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be 220. 
Oh, yeah, it would be plus 10 with a choice band. Yeah, so 250 total if you have that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's still a pretty good number, especially because the V-Stars are hovering in, like, the 280, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. get that sparkling halucha if, well... We don't know when that's coming out in the rest <laughs> of the world. But hypothetically speaking, yeah. you can get that little halucha down. Boom, you'd be doing 280. Actually, and that's... Which would knock out an RC. Well, RC's V-Star gets hit for weakness. So no matter what, you're bopping well, an RC's V-Star. But, but you do bop a, a Charizard V-Star as well, right? Exactly. So it, it does have... There are some synergistic cards. I mean, I think all of the V-Stars, though, a lot of them do have basic attacks. Like, it's like first attacks that do somewhere in the range of 200 to 250 so uh like rcs's attack is 200 so if you're doing 200 plus the 30 choice band plus the 30 halucha you're also doing 260 a couple of zigzagoon pings and you're there um zigzagoon pings quick (laughs) shooting because quick shooting is just good like we talked about the drizzle meta yeah so i mean this may it may the first attacks kind of devolve it into a one-shot meta against v stars kind of but the Aura Star, which is its V-Star attack, um, 70 times, which is a big number. 70 times is, um, yeah, 70 times the number of energy attached to your opponent's active, to, to your opponent's Pokemon. Actually, that's interesting. To your opponent's Pokemon does not matter if it's the active. So if they have five energy attached to all of their Pokemon, that's 350 damage, which for two energy, one fighting and a colorless, is pretty wild so depending on who you are playing against like think about the rcs v star again if they are using rcs to put a little bit of damage on the board and power up something big in the back like a v max all of a sudden that six energy on the field is a liability so i mean it's just a it's just a boss ko on whatever they accelerate on because rcs i mean i mentioned this earlier you know having a weakness to fighting You'll get through that no problem with any attack. Yeah. Like, don't even worry about it. But with accelerating different places, you know, you have the ability to then go target things, bring something up with a boss's orders or things like that. So I agree. Like, the 70, 70 times is pretty good. It's pretty it's pretty powerful. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able to make sure that you're not getting knocked out before you can use that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because that's just how the state of the game is right now it's just like exchanging knockouts but you know i mean it could be pretty interesting sean i i think this card has some viability i don't think this will ever be bdif it's weak to psychic you know it's a partner Pokemon. psychic is it's like power tablet psychic leap from mew or or the mystical the 130 whatever um there's just a lot of ways i think for me to just get through this very very quickly yeah i think it's a partner right like it mm-hmm. whatever deck it ends up in maybe it ends up in rapid strike or shifu if that comes back uh with manaphy <laughs> like because that's the one thing rapid strike or shifu doesn't necessarily have access to as easily is a an oko attack right you know like rapid strike is like kind of sitting here like yeah I'm, I'm taking my prizes by spreading some damage but Say you take three prizes, you knock out a two-prizer, you knock out the mana fee, and now you need to knock out one thing, but you don't have two turns to do it. This is a really great partner for a deck like that, where, like, you know, if your opponent is setting up some energy around the board, and all of a sudden you're swinging for 350. Um, I think it's really interesting how, like, Pokemon has not printed, like, fighting-type acceleration for energy. They have B. In terms of, like, what they have bead but but it's terrible 
let me rephrase this <laughs> viable fighting type acceleration of energy uh yeah i mean we have i i hate to see we have raihan raihan can effect, effectively do that right it's yeah just, i mean raihan raihan does work out i mean if you just i mean it could even work out with lucario right yeah. like if you just have like the fighting energies in your deck i believe that's kind of how there was an iteration of urshifu that was doing that right yeah. with the with just getting the uh rapid strike energy and then fighting energies just using those mm -hmm. um so like going back to that if you do want to partner with lucario and you know like we've mentioned you know just two color or just two energy attack on lucario v star right we just mentioned raihan it could work out i mean v star is a uh i mean it's a pokemon that has it's a spot to put the right hand on, so yeah. it's a spot to even put Melanie on. I mean, <laughs> if yeah. You're running both basic water and fighting <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know what deck you're running, but it's interesting. I the one thing I have heard, I saw a post on Twitter. I don't know, if, can't remember from who, but they did mention they were playing. I think Glaceon, uh, V Star, mm -hmm. and they did say the prize trade differential that V Stars offer is potentially going to be huge for the meta because. Right now, you've got your big attackers are VMAXs mostly. And then you have bench sitters that are two prizers or whatever. But, you know, you're, you're not typically swinging with a two prizer. You're not forcing your opponent to, do, to basically do a, what, seven prize game. So if you can, like, say, knock out one three prizer, knock out a two prizer, knock out a two prizer, that, that's not a bad strategy. Like, you know, for those mm -hmm. of you who are newer to like the competitive side of things and getting into it like forcing your opponent into suboptimal prize trading and you know taking take effectively taking more prizes than you need to that has been a long time strategy since the introduction of multi-prize pokemon so yeah and i mean it's just elongating the game too i mean we talk about some of the uh like the single prize decks how they just like thrive as the game goes longer right yeah so this is this is kind of that same concept except it's shortened a little bit yeah <laughs> same same but different mm -hmm. but sean let's talk let's move away from kind of the competitive side we've talked about big sets coming out we've talked about big products coming out but let's talk about like the collection mm -hmm. side mostly so I will say here on the podcast many times in the last month or so, we've talked about, you know, the Logan Paul stuff going on. The $3.5 million scam we've talked about and how like on eBay, like the, the grading company was just horrible. And they like, how could they ever approve this? Yada, yada, yada. If you want to hear that, go listen to past episodes of the podcast where we talk about that. But eBay, I think this is a huge response to this, Sean, to the whole Logan Paul situation, to the whole scam thing. eBay has announced a mandatory new authentication service for all ungraded trading cards sold on its platform. Ungraded trading cards. That is booster boxes. That is just regular cards in top loaders. You know, any of that stuff. The service la has launched in the United States already. It launched on January 26th. When a buyer purchases a single ungraded card for over $750, 
the seller will be required to ship it to Ethi or ship it to eBay's authentication partners, known grading companies like CGC, that kind of thing. Third-party companies will check the card is authentic and ensure it matches the conditions in the listing. Very interesting, Sean. Yeah. Development, I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kept reading through the article a little bit, and basically, it, it's I do worry. I don't know what kind of volume that eBay processes of effectively high dollar value ungraded cards, but the process works like the you sell the card. If you're the seller, you sell it for however much over 750. But eventually, they did say they're going to do it for cards 250 and more, mm -hmm. and then. The seller then ships the card to eBay or some of the one of the partners. That person says it's the correct card, it's real, and it's in the condition that you listed it as. So like near mint, mint, uh, you know, good, very good, right? Like I that's the one area that I do think it could become a real problem because even if you are, you know, into the hobby, I think it is very hard. And PSA, you know predictions have are a good judge of this what people do it's hard to tell like is this card in excellent condition or near mint or mint or very good like they're gonna have to i think there's gonna be a lot of cards that go through the process and may get sent back to sellers and refunds happening and this may actually backfire on ebay a little bit because sellers even legitimate ones may be like in large part, like this is a huge hassle. I understand that the verification is important, but if a not insignificant number of cards come back because they listed it at the wrong quality level, like excellent mm -hmm. instead of near mint or near mint instead of excellent, right? Like those lines can be kind of awkward. Um, so I'll be interested to see if that process sort of becomes a, a, an albatross, if you will. I mean, I think if you're a buyer, like this is a huge, great yeah. thing, right? If you're a buyer, this is a huge, great thing. I think a lot of people who buy cards frequently, like on eBay or, you know, even like TCG player as well, you know, you buy something that's supposedly near mint and you find out that three of the four corners have whitened, you know, you're like, okay, this isn't near mint anymore, right? Like, <laughs> We see near mint, but I think on like PSA, near mint can be labeled as like a seven or something. Yeah. That you wouldn't even think about. So I think this is going to help a lot of buyers in terms of making sure they buy what they think they're buying. Right. Because especially for, like I mentioned, you know, PSA saying that a seven is near mint. Right. When a lot of people hear near mint, and they're looking on eBay, they're probably thinking of like a nine or a 10. Yes. Right. And they're probably expecting to get a card that looks like a nine or 10 They're They don't want a seven, a seven to them is like lightly played, you know, lightly played. Yes. So I think this is gonna, I think this actually like stops returns as much. Yeah. I think this, I think, yeah, you're right. Like there's a lot of risk with this and there's a lot of, stuff for the the buyer but i think refunds in all will just be so down on this because they're doing this like authentication system does that make sense yeah i don't no, know if i explained myself yeah, well i agree with you i think all in all it's like great buyer protection and it's also it's good seller protection too because we have heard stories of people being like hey i sent you my card 
and you said that it was not the thing that was in the card and now you or, want a refund or even people saying you know sorry to cut you off yeah. but like even people saying like oh you said you shipped me the card but where is it you know now like that pressure falls onto the grading company as well and not necessarily the buyer well the yeah the the seller can then basically like once it gets to the people who are going to review the card and verify it like it's like hey the seller sent the card so if the seller is not going to be basically out all their money um which is which i think also helps but the one thing they did mention which is that they said this service that ebay will cover the cost of the authentication process for a limited time but what that means is there will eventually be a cost for selling cards of that value on ebay like an extra fee to send them to this company and i wonder that's another thing where like, look, if you're, we all know the stories and, and Facebook, uh, Verbank and Facebook, uh, some of the Facebook marketplaces are great examples of this. People being like, hey, I just sold a um, $400 card, but can you send it PayPal friends and family? Like they don't even want to pay the goods and services. They don't, or like they don't spring for like a, a proper top loader for an expensive card. No, no. They just put two pieces of cardboard. So mm-hmm. I th- I do think there's a lot of like it will I think for maybe maybe this is a good thing. It will affect the flipper market because it will cut down on those margins and it will cut down on the time that it takes for you to sell the cards uh, meaning it will extend it because it has to go through a whole other process be- before you can um flip those cards. So I don't know. It's just interesting. I I just wonder how much this is going to cost and if eventually if enough cards are being sold if it becomes like PSA where you buy a card and then you only get it six months later because there's such a backlog in the authentication process. Yeah. I wonder if it'll be like, so, so when I buy manga mm-hmm. um, or like books, when I buy it through the website, write stuff, anime, I use like kind of an insurance thing called route. Mm. And it basically like, it's basically like an extended service that can really tell me like where my package is at at all times, you know, things like that. And if it comes like damaged, you know, they'll take care of it. And like, literally I'll do like a $50 order and it's less than a dollar to add that insurance on. So I wonder if it's going to be something like that to where like, there's an option or like a seller, or like that's what coaxes a person to use this seller instead of the other seller is like this person uses the CGC, you know, grading authentication or whatever. I, you know, I actually don't. What it seems like it says they will be required to ship it for authentication. Well, yeah, that's the start you said, right? Well, that's the start, but it may be because this is also it. So it's an awkward position eBay is in because they have they've seen a lot of scams on their platform. And they mm-hmm. feel the need to to make a service so that people trust eBay, you know, trust purchases. So if you're going to do it, I think you have to say it's required for all purchases over a certain amount. And then you just, if you are selling a card that's worth more than $250, there's going to be a fee tacked on. Then that fee is for it to go through the verification process. All sales of trading cards over that value, I think, will have that fee now. Or, you know, whenever that finally rolls out and the fee comes out, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I think it's a good thing to the point that you were making earlier. 
And like, it may be that the fee gets just passed on to the buyer. Like the sellers are like, hey, this is a $250 card, but because of the fee, it's $260. And $10 of that is the fee, right? Of the, of the getting it verified by some third party. Um, so, but I mean, I don't think somebody buying a card of that value, I don't think $10 is gonna. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. I mean, care. it's just a, it's just a really interesting, like little tidbit that I think has really just stemmed from Logan Paul. We've <laughs> talked about his influence, I guess you could say about the collecting sphere and you know, I've seen people on Twitter, they're just, they're over the the classic stuff. Like, I've seen, there was a huge debate the other week of, like, you know, I don't ever want to see classic or vintage cards. Like, I'll never collect vintage cards, stuff like that. And it's, it's insane what a, two years has done, Sean, the, the worldwide pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think this will be, uh. I think this is a smart play by both eBay and the grading companies because mm-hmm. um, this is me getting into a little bit of like deep dive, but I'll, I'll use this as my future. Sean's site. putting his tinfoil hat yes. on. I'm putting the tinfoil hat on. I'm, I'm doing my future site about the business model reason to do this. They have, they're scanning all these cards in and you can scan the card with the QR code. Like when you receive it to see like that, it was verified. If you are these authentication companies or eBay, what this gives you is essentially a pop report of ungraded cards, which has never existed before, right? PSA and other mm-hmm. companies have pop reports that say, oh, there's only one PSA 10, or there's only 100 PSA 8s of whatever this card is. And that is how you can, to a degree, ascertain the value of a card. More might be graded in the future, but for now, like that's how many exist. But in the ungraded sphere, there is no pop report and that and there's no pop report especially that relates to the like um quality of the card like but with this service they'll actually be able to amass a lot of data that says actually there are you know 5000 charizards that are listed like base set charizards that are listed in excellent condition ungraded mm-hmm. that could be a really interesting piece of data that you know companies like this for all the trading cards that eBay and other companies could then use to like sell to people to like build up the hobby. I don't know, but like I, you know, if I was like a big time collector, like the SM Pratt's of the world, I actually, that's the one thing about this that I would be really noodling on is like, where does that data live? I actually did not even think about that. I mean, we've talked, I mean, I've talked about, you know, pop reports and stuff on, Certain cards that amass in, you know, they sell for bajillions of the illustrator cards, you know, Sean, and things like that. And I didn't even, that's an interesting thing. I don't know how deep, like, you could go, though, because, like, your pop report is never correct, right? Like, it's, it's different than a grading to where, like, you've graded this card. You know, you know how many exist where we'll never really know. We'll never really know how many excellent base set Charizards there are. Uh, You won't know the full number. No, you'll no. know the ones that pass through yeah. you. Exactly. Right? But you won't know like the actual number. That's true. But it's a guide, right? Like if mm-hmm. if the if a large percentage of sales of ungraded cards go through eBay, then eBay can say, at least for us, we know that 
500 examples of this card have passed through the verification process. Mm -hmm. How many more are, exist in the world? Who knows? Uh, but if you combine that with PSA's pop reports, which are, and I will say the PSA pop report, Jake, um, there's been a habit of people cracking cases over the years to try to get them regraded. So the pop reports are also, if you think about it, incorrect. Don't you have to report when you crack the case, though? Who reports that? Who re you you just rip it out of the case and send it back. You you don't want to I've tell never, them. I've never yeah. once no. like <laughs> thought about doing that. You know, I have two graded cards, and I've never thought about <laughs> ripping them because I didn't grade them myself. They were gifts. So I, just, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I just know that it's a thing that happens. It probably does not happen on mass. Like it doesn't happen so often, but. Mm -hmm. It's a thing where, like, especially if people, when they get the cards in, if they keep the information that comes with it, kind of like, um, you know, if, if a card goes to an auction house, right, and it has a, um, what's the word for, like, a pedigree, right? Like, if these cards now have a pedigree to a degree, um, and over time, like, you could tell, like, yeah, there's probably, based on eBay, there's probably about a thousand of these cards ungraded still. There's definitely more, but there's, this is at least a starting point. I don't know. I think that could be a really interesting piece of information. I don't even know if eBay or CGC or any of these companies have thought about it like that. But uh, if anybody's listening, noodle. Noodle on it. Jump on that. Jump on that. <laughs> make millions. That's all we're saying. And then you can thank us and join our anchor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, Sean, do you have anything else you want to talk about for today's podcast? Oh, no. That was my tinfoil hat theory. Um, that's it for me. What about you, Jake? Uh, Jake's all moved in, though, like you said. So props to Jake. I mean, this was the test of the fiber internet. Like, this is the major, like, thing that I've done on the fiber internet now. I got new grand old internet, and it, it looked, I mean, it, it looks great. Yeah, I don't think we had any issue. I mean, knock on wood, you know, I don't think we had any <laughs> issues. The only issue is this table, because, like, the table is, like, a plastic, like, table that you'd see at a park. Uh-huh. Because I don't have a desk or anything, and I've never, I'm, and so, like... But the clamp for the microphone is like caving in the table where I, it is. I know what you mean. Because, yeah, those plastic tables, are they're soft. They're soft plastic. Yeah, and they're like hollow. So, yeah. like, thank God I have a full-time job now and I'm going to actually get substantial paychecks that I can go get a new desk from Ikea. Yes. Uh, shout, out, shout out to you, Jake, for uh, getting that job and uh, getting a new apartment. And, and also all your streams. I'm going to shout out your streams, too, because you're getting getting deep into that again are going to be that crisp 1080p with it's this that, internet well i it's not going to be 1080p well, for the first couple streams because like i got to get everything back situation situated and also like before this recording i decided that i wanted to move my <laughs> desktop around like monitors and camera angle and stuff but anyways um yeah, it'll be it'll be really, really cool. Um, I feel like my content is better when like I'm busy when I had a job like when I was when I was in sports. And so the Metapod, though, is always going to be great. Sean, you and I are going to be on our toes 24 seven. Well, maybe not 24 seven because your toes would hurt, but we're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great time. And thank you for listening to the Metapod podcast, the Pokemon podcast that revolves around the evolving meta. Sean, have a great day. 